0: Started. Okay, today's daf is Tadi Gimel in Pesachim. We are six lines from the top of Amud Aleph. We already started the, uh, the Amud yesterday. We got into it already. We're dealing with Pesach Sheni, which is the main topic of this uh, perik. It's a, not a very long parak actually, but the parak essentially discusses Pes- Pesach Sheni before finally uh, transitioning into the Seder, which is the last parak of the Masechet. Probably the most famous one. So now, Tanu abanan. The rabbis taught as follows: Elul shosinat asheni. These are the people who are qualified to do Pesach sheni because they missed Pesach Rishon. HaZavin, v'hasavot v'amitzora'im v'amitzoraot. Men and women who are zavim or zavot, mitzora'im or mitzoraot, v'nidot u'boale nidot v'ha'yole Um, These are all people who would have been tamei and not able to bring the korban Pesach and Pesach Rishon. They're, they have ziva, uh, the male or the female version, or they're mitzora, either the male or the female, because a woman could also be a um, uh, Mitzraat as well, a woman who is a nidah or a person who had relations with a nidah and therefore becomes also tamei as a result of that, and a woman who gave birth, a shogigin, somebody who simply made an error, a mistake, and as a result of whatever mistake it was, he wasn't able to bring it. Vanu somebody who was against their will, maybe they were in prison, maybe they were. Uh, maybe they uh, had a medical emergency, who knows. But even somebody who de- deliberately failed to bring the Pesach Rishon still has the option of bringing Pesach Sheni. It's not reserved only for the people who did it, who failed to bring it by accident. A person who is Tamei, and also the person who is uh who is far away. Now obviously Tamei is a little bit redundant, so Rashi explains that it's referring Tamei Nefesh. it's referring to a person who is Tamei from a dead body. So because all the other two ot were already mentioned above. Okay, so tamei then in the pasuk would refer specifically to uh, to uh, tamei le like it's written in the Torah. So when it speaks about it, when it speaks about tumah the Torah, it specifically references somebody who was tamei nefesh. In any case, imke lama mar tamei. So the so the Barita says if that's so, that all of these people are exempt. So why does it mention tamei in the Torah? So then the Gemara asks, what do you mean lama mar, What do you mean the iba e? The reason why it has to mention Tum'ah, the reason why it has to mention that the person is um, that, the, that the person who is tameh doesn't bring the Korban Pesach is because even if he wants to He's not allowed to. In other words, like in such a case, for example, where the person would be able to eat it at night, or even where, the, or even according to the, those who were in the original Pesach Shini, that they thought that maybe they would be able to fulfill the mitzvah without eating it. You know, just have it brought for them. But the point is that the uh, that they they even since they're in a state of tumat at that moment, they're not allowed to bring Koban Pesach according to this view of this brayta. Okay, so now it says so. Therefore. That's obvious why it has to mention, uh, th- that's obvious that it has to emphasize that a tame person cannot bring the Korban Pesach because they can't even bring it to Rosh Aliyah. So if that's true. Really, it should say, that So the point is that the real Chidush of the Torah is not the idea of Tum'ah because Tum'ah, it has to tell us because uh, th- it has to tell us that the uh, that the person who's tameh can't bring the korban pesach even through a messenger he can't bring it even if he might be able to eat it that night he can't bring it right that was that was the the point but a person who's on a far journey if we already know that. All of these other conditions, if a person is anus, he's not able to do it, he's in jail, he, he has a medical emergency, he had to, all these other things he's allowed to do. So then obviously if he was awake, he's allowed to. Do. What's the, what's the chidush? Why do you have to mention it? Right? So it says to tell you, so, to exempt him from getting correct. And this would only work. This break that really supports the view of uh, Rav Nachman. Because Rav Nachman said that if a person is away from the Beit HaMikdash, but he's going to arrive there let's say, uh, later that you know, in the evening, after the time of the Shekita of the Korban Pesach, that's the way we understood him so far although there's going to be another uh, opinion later, but that's what what we understood Rav Nachman so far. So the person is going to be there by the evening time he can not have them bring the Korban Pesach he he can, according to Rav Nachman, have them bring for him the Korban Pesach, and when he arrives in the evening he'll be able to eat it. It's just that he doesn't have to do that. In other words, according to him, it's a unique exemption because the person actually has an option to bring the Korban Pesach if he wants to and he decides not to and yet we don't hold him responsible for that. As opposed to Rav Sheshet Sheshet came along and said, no, he has no option to bring Korban Pesach. If he's he's B'dech Rechokan, he wouldn't be able to reach the Beit HaMikdash in time to bring the Korban. He's exempt completely and he's not allowed to bring it. That makes it simple. It's a black and white thing. It's like either you can and have to or you can't and don't. But there's no middle ground where you're allowed to but you get to choose. Okay? This bright is obviously following Rav Nachman, who's saying that it's a chidush, that the person who's B'dech would is not going to be subject to karet. Why? Because he actually could have brought the Korban Pesach and decided not to, according to Rav Nachman. Okay? Now it says, Now from this bright, that sounds like women are obligated in Pesach Sheni because it said, it mentioned, Zavot, Mitzorot, Nidot women who were not able to bring korban Pesach Rishon, so that they have to bring Pesach Sheni. So that implies that they're obligated in Pesach Sheni, and yet we learn that that's not such a clear thing. How do you know that not only what is mentioned in the Torah, which is somebody who was tamei from contact with the dead and who was away on a trip, but even zavin and mitzorerin and baaleh nidot, which are all male, right? The zav. The Mitzvah and the person who had relations with the Nidam. How do you know that they're also able to do Pesach Shemitah? It says Ish Ish. Now we learned before that this is actually a machloket, so we kind of know we can preempt what the answer is going to be. This is exactly the discussion that we saw earlier between Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi and Rabbi Shimon, that Rabbi Rabbi Yossi actually said that they're obligated in Pesach Sheni equally. So the previous Breitah that mentioned on the same tier on the same playing field that mentioned both women and men Zavim and Zavot and mitzora Im, mitzora ot, that's obviously Rabbi Yossi because it says there's no difference, women are obligated in the first Pesach and they're also obligated in Pesach Shini if they can't do the first Pesach, that's simple according to him Rabbi Yehuda said the second Pesach for them is optional and Rabbi Shimon had said that the second Pesach for them is not allowed Right, they're not allowed to, do, be, to to do it. Okay, he said the first Pesach is optional, and the second one they're not even allowed. That was according to Rabbi Shimon, but obviously the Britha that says that women would do would be obligated to do Pesach Sheni is the, is the is the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who says that women are equally obligated in Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni. Um, according to the other two opinions, uh, that that would fit into the second Britha could be Rabbi Shimon or could be Rabbi Yehuda. It doesn't really matter. The point is that they're not obligated in that second Pesach. Are they allowed to bring it? That's the machloket between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. To Russia, to Reshoot, as the right, they say we should, although Rabbi Shimon actually said you're not allowed to. Yeah, they uh, actually you're are not allowed. The allowed to. To. So then she's off the hook, that's it. That's there's it. nothing she can do then. Yeah, it would be like what if the person is Temei Lanefe, she had, God forbid, uh, a death in the family, first Pesach, and then second one. So yeah. it's not his fault, there's nothing he can do. Wait till next year. Okay. Yeah, no, but that's that's out of his control, you know? Now we get to what is sort of the meat and potatoes of this whole sugya that the Gemara didn't introduce to us in the beginning, but is really important to understand, which is the three basic ideas of what is pesach sheni and how does it work. I find this pretty fascinating, actually. But um, it says tanur Banan The rabbis taught like as follows: chayav karet al rishon v'chayav karet al sheni Rabbi says a person is chayav karet if they don't bring the first Pesach on purpose. Meaning if they purposely do not bring the first Pesach, they're chayav karet. And if they don't bring the second Pesach on purpose, they're chayav karet. Meaning to say if the first time around they were exempt from Pesach Rishon because of some one of the extenuating circumstances. And then they come along to Pesach Sheni and they now have the obligation to do Pesach Sheni because they didn't do Pesach Rishon. So now they're obligated to bring Pesach Sheni on the same level as Pesach Rishon. And if they purposely don't bring Pesach Sheni. It wasn't in their control. It wasn't something that was out of their control. They purposely decided not to bring Pesach Sheni. So then they're going to be liable for Karet for that one. In other words, they got off the hook from the first one because they were Anus, they were Shogeg, they were on a faraway trip, they were tameh, whatever it was. Okay? But when they came to the second one, so now they have to do the second one. It's obli- the obligation shifts to the second one. So if they don't do it, and it's B'mezid, it's the same as not doing Korban Pesach the Rishon B'mezid, according to Rabbi. Uh, according to Rabbi. So that's the, uh, and 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 that's a that's the his, his position now. Rabbi Nathan Omer Chayav Karet Al Rishon. Rabbi Nathan says if the person d- deliberately did not bring Korban Pesach Rishon, that's when there's an obligation of Karet. But Patur Al But if for whatever reason he missed Pesach Rishon and now comes along Pesach Sheni and he purposely doesn't bring Pesach Sheni, he will not get Karet for that. So meaning in the ideal case, I'm not talking about. Uh, it gets complicated if, they're, if they deliberately do it both times. But just to make it simple, if the first Pesach, the guy was away on a trip, and then he came for the second Pesach, and he's obligated to do second Pesach, and he said, you know what, I don't feel like doing this. This is a joke, you know, what, I have to do a second Pesach, I don't want to do it, whatever. So then he he would not get karet for that. Obviously, he's neglecting to do a mitzvah, but he wouldn't get karet for that. According to Rabbi, he would get karet for that, because look, you had the second chance for Korban Pesach, and, you, and this time you deliberately didn't do it. Okay, and then you have the third opinion, which is, uh, that, which is Rabbi I find that very interesting. He says that basically, even the first one, if a person deliberately didn't bring Korban Pesach the first time, right, they don't get karet for that until they also don't bring it the second time. In other words, according to him, it's a rescheduling of the first one. Right? It's basically a rescheduling. It's take two for the first one. We're going to give you another chance. Hashem is going to give you another chance to do the right thing. <inaudible> he, right. Lachzor <inaudible> is giving you another chance. Right? So that's a different idea than the other two. Rabbi's opinion is that they are equally, korban, the obligation of first and second Pesach is equal. It just happens to be that some people already fulfilled the obligation the first time. So they don't have to do the second Pesach. But if a person didn't fulfill the first Pesach, when the second Pesach comes along, they are just as obligated in that as they were in the first one. And if they deliberately don't do it, they're going to get karet. That's the view of Rebbe. Rabbi, Rabbi Natan is viewing it that the second Pesach is kind of like a makeup day for the first Pesach, the conventional way, the way that we think of it, but it doesn't have the same status as the first Pesach. So if a person missed the first Pesach for a legitimate reason and then just neglects the second one, we're not going to give him Karit for not doing the makeup day. The makeup day doesn't have the same status. And then you have the view of Rabbi Chanan ben who says, no, that really, Korban, that Pesach uh, Sheni is basically an extension of Pesach Rishon. It's that you got an extension for another month. Hashem is giving you another chance. Only if, you've, if you fail both times on purpose, then you get karet. But if you failed one time by accident, you won't get karet because you didn't fail both times. You get two strikes. According to him, to get the karet, according to him. Now, they're going to work out, so they say, and actually this fits in with another machlok that they have, which is another classic, uh, another classic case. Famous question that everyone asks, right? If a convert converts between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Shini, there's, you know, they, and so now they, didn't, they weren't the Jew for Pesach Rishon, but now is coming, or a katan shekdil. You have a child that, be, that, that reaches bar mitzvah between the two pesachim, Look, uh, the, yeah. right? So it's very like, like we have the same case by the Omer. Is a very common situation with the Omer. What do you do uh, with a lot of kids? They become bar mitzvah during the Omer during that fifty day period. And so the, the beginning, the beginning, they weren't uh, they weren't chayav. Now they are chayav. What do you do, right? So it says uh, so they turn bar mitzvah in the middle of the Omer. So they weren't able to do it in the beginning because they didn't have the mitzvah yet in the beginning. it's, it's, it's a fifty day mitzvah. So fifty day mitzvah. They weren't in the beginning. They weren't. They didn't have the mitzvah yet. So we normally say that if the person didn't do it every night, they have to skip. They can't continue with the b'chah. Right. So yeah. So now he says. Um, so that. So this case. What is the? Um, so now, how is this applied to the machluka that we just saw? So according to Rabbi so a child that becomes Bar Mitzvah between the two Pesachim, or a girl she ben shenei Pesachim, chayav lasot Pesach shenei It makes perfect sense, because according to Rabbi, the first Pesach and the second Pesach are equal in their stature. It's just basically that if a person fulfilled the first Korban Pesach, they're exempt from the second one. Right? But if a person didn't fulfill the first Korban Pesach, then when the second one comes around, that's the that's just as important as the first one. And then, you know, he has to bring it. It, it stands on its own. Right, it stands on its own. It's almost like the opposite of the way that we think cuz we think that oh if the person missed Pesach Rishon, now they have to do Pesach Sheni. The way he views it is that really there's two days of Pesach. There's Pesach Rishon, Pesach Sheni. If you did Pesach Rishon, you get an exemption from Pesach Sheni. But if you didn't do Pesach Rishon, Pesach Sheni comes and so I have to do it. So well, what you didn't do Pesach Rishon, if I, yeah, ask, I ask you it, it doesn't mind. matter. He's saying, I ask you on Pesach Sheni, did you do Pesach Rishon? What's the answer? You, have to you didn't have to do exemption it, exemption card. right? You have the exemption card. That's the way he views it. He says, if you can't okay. say I did Pesach Rishon when Bezoksheni comes, okay, so then you're obligated in it. That's one way of looking at it. That's his way of looking at it. You could think of it that way, right? Okay. But if a person doesn't do Pesach Rishon on purpose, I'm not interested. It doesn't matter. He so I, says, I'm not going to bring you. a call, Right? I don't have an opportunity to bring you. A- yeah, you do. He said Mezid. Even the Mezid, he could bring it. Even the Even the Mezid could do it. According to according to everyone, everyone. According to everyone. the Mezid could do it. It doesn't necessarily mean that it cancels out his karet, according to Rabbi. That won't cancel out the karet. You still have to do teshuvah and, and try to fit, you know, to get a, a kapara for that. But it's uh, everyone says you can do it though. You can do the next one. So the so it's it, so. But Rabbi says if the person pesach sheni works, that on pesach sheni we ask you, did you do pesach rishon? It doesn't matter why you did it or didn't do it. If you didn't do it because you were not Jewish, it doesn't matter. If you didn't do it because you weren't bar mitzvah, it doesn't matter. You have to bring pesach sheni according to Rabbi. Okay. Now, Rabbi, this, however, Rabbi Natan says kol zakuk Zakukla zakuk kol zakuk za That is how we think of it, right? Anybody who had an obligation now they didn't do it, so now they have to do pesach because we think of it as Tashlumin. It's a makeup. So when do you have a makeup? When you failed your obligation of the first one. But if you didn't have an obligation of the first one, you can't call it a makeup. Right? It's like a person who, for instance, Lahavdeel... Um, you know, is, is an onen or something and they missed tefillah but for the onen we don't say oh well now they have to make up the tefillah that they missed they weren't obligated in the tefillah so they don't have a tashlumi there's no obligation right so now that's how I was trying to explain it in our conventional terms that so basically the idea is that the, sec, the Pesach Sheni is regal atzmo. it's its own holiday and they ask you at the door did you do Pesach Rishon nope, nope. then you have to go right Rabbi Natan Sheni Tashlumi Rishon and Rabbi Natan says, Pesach Sheni is Tashlumin De Rishon. It's a makeup for the first one. So that means that only if you were obligated in the first one and you, and you failed, then you have the uh, second one, right? Takune Lo Rishon Lo But it doesn't fix the first one. In other words, if you did the first one B'Mezid, you didn't bring the Quran Pesach, you can bring Pesach Sheni, but it doesn't erase what you did on Pesach Rishon. It's just a Tashlumin, but it doesn't erase the fact that you... Uh, that you already did the sin of purposely not bringing Korban Pesach Rishon. It will not erase it. Okay, that's the way that Rabbi Natan, Rabbi Natan... is saying it's a separate obligation, but it's connected to the obligation of Pesach Rishon. If you neglected Pesach Rishon, Rabbi Natan says the way it works, Rabbi says the way it works is on Pesach Shani we ask you, did you do Pesach Rishon? If the answer is no, then you have to do Pesach Sheni. We don't care why. Right? Rabbi Natan says no. You all, the Pesach Sheni only exists for a person who failed to fulfill their obligation of Pesach Rishon for whatever reason. If you didn't have the obligation, obligation of Pesach Rishon, we don't bother you about Pesach Sheni. It's irrelevant to you. But it doesn't fix what you did on Pesach Rishon. Meaning to say that if you deliberately failed on Pesach Rishon to bring the korban, you didn't want to do it. It doesn't erase the karet that you now do pesach sheni. Pesach sheni is only obligated the korban only. Yes, only and the nothing korban. Else. That's it. Yeah. it is matzah. And then what? You eat it with matzah. But you don't but you can have chametz in the house right after you finish you can have pop tarts and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's uh, Cheerios and whatever. Well, I don't know pop tarts are not kosher I don't think but I, I never had them. <laughs> but anyway, the um, uh, anyway, sheni takanta and Rabbi Chananel ben Akabiah says the second is fixing the first one. Okay, in other words, that the the way that he looks at it is there. It's not that it's a separate obligation, right? This is where he differs with Rabbi and Rabbi Nathan. Pesachini is not a separate obligation. What it is is it is a second opportunity to fulfill the first obligation. So you only really are considered a chote if you missed both. You don't even get the karet unless you did both. You missed both of them on purpose. That's the way he views it. So if you want to put it in a in a, if you want to map out the different opinions, I think it's really interesting because you could look at it all three ways, and they all seem valid. They all seem you know reasonable. Where you you can look at it Rabbi's way that basically Pesach Sheni is a separate holiday, and on Pesach Sheni we ask each person, do you have your card that says that you did Pesach Chishon? Nope. Up oh, and you do Pesach Sheni. We don't care why you didn't do Pesach Rishon, That you were not Jewish. It doesn't matter. You didn't do it. So you do Pesach Sheni. Then Rabbi Natan who says that Pesach Sheni. Is a makeup for Pesach Hishon. Only somebody who failed Pesach Hishon does Pesach Sheni. And then you have, of course, Rabbi Chananya uh, Ben Nakav, who says that no, that it's actually a second opportunity. To do Pesach Rishon, which means that really he would agree, seemingly with Rabbi Natan, of course, that you had to be obligated in the first one to be obligated in the second one because it's a second opportunity. It's, a, it's literally a make-up date for the original one. It's a rain date, you know, so to speak. It's not a, it's not a new obligation at all, according to him. Now, and they all derive their views from the same Pasuk. Okay, which is that it describes a person who was not impure on the first Pesach. In other words, a person who didn't do the first Pesach, who was not impure, and he wasn't away. And it says he failed to do the Pesach, right? So it says, and it says, The whole Pasuk is that that person will be cut off. He will have karet because he didn't do Korban Pesach for no good reason. Right? He had no good reason not to do it. He just didn't do it. And the end of the Pasuk is, Ki Hashem lo That since he didn't bring the Korban in its proper time, he's going to bear, he's going to carry his sin. So the question is, what is the Pasuk referring to? Okay, so now it says, Re-bi-savar v'chadal asot ha-pesach berishon. The first half of the Pasuk that says he didn't do the Korban Pesach, and therefore is is going to get carried, is talking about Pesach Rishon. Right? And that's the lo'avad berishon, right? Inami korban Hashem lo'ekiv be'mo'adol b'sheni. Okay, and that the uh, and when it says korban Hashem lo'ekiv be'mo'adol chet o yisa ishahu that he didn't bring the korban of Hashem in its proper time he's going to bear his sin, he's going to carry his sin, that's talking about Pesach sheni, meaning both of them you could get karet for. So even if the person made a mistake on the first Pesach and didn't bring korban Pesach and therefore he didn't get karet for that but now a second Pesach comes and he's obligated in it and he doesn't do it on purpose, so Rabbi says that as a separate obligation of karet. In other words, according to him, the pasuk is two halves. First half, when it says, I'm sorry, when it says, that's talking about the first Pesach, when and it says he's going to be cut off. We're not doing the first Pesach. And then when it says, yeah. that he didn't he didn't bring the Korban of Hashem in its time, it's saying the second Pesach, that he's going to get karet. So it's two different things. Two different things. Um, my the chet, oisa, karetu. And how do you know that the word chet oisa, that he's gonna carry his sin, is referring to karet? How do you know that? Because, kasavar migade, find out about Because he, he, he says that the pasuk that says, uh, that, that the pasuk that tells us that the person that's ki kalil elohav venasachet o, right? ish, ish, kie kalel elohav venasachet o, that it talks about carrying the, uh, the sin, He's talking about the person who curses Hashem. That he's, that the person's, that, that according to Rabbi, the person who, who curses Hashem, they call him, Hashem, they don't want to say the word, the curse Hashem, right? It says, he carries his sin. And what do we say? And we learn one from the other, that, right? Just like over there, the person who is, the person who is, a uh, who is blaspheming against God and who is cursing God just like over there we say that he he gets it means karet so so too here when it says o yisa isha it means karet then it's talking about the second Pesach so therefore Rabbi divides the pasuk in half and says that both the first and the second halves of the pasuk are a reference to um, two different uh, korbanot the first half is a reference to korban Pesach Rishon and saying that you get karet for that because it says v'nechretah and the second half it says o yisa isha who is also a reference to uh, to uh karet because we see that in the case of um of when it talks about megadef the person who is uh, cursing god that is a uh, uh that is also karet and the the point is that when it says megadef it actually says the word karet and the question is what is megadef um so the uh so it in, in when it says ish person curses god and he carries his sin okay so that doesn't say the word karet. But elsewhere it says, et Hashem hu in a different pasuk, it says the person is migadef et Hashem, v'necheta nefeshahim me'a me'a, that the person is going to be cut off. So, the, so according to Rabbi, those are really talking about the same case. So since it says karet, about migadef, the blasphemer, and it says, nasa'a o he carries his sin, with the, the person who is mikalil elohav. he says those are the same person. And so therefore you see that carrying the sin means karet. That's what Rabbi is. That's Rabbi's equation. Okay. He's saying nothing right now. He's saying there's no difference now. Rabbi Natan says that when it says Ki Lo it's not talking about the Pesach Sheni. It's talking about Pesach Rishon. That whole pasuk is talking about Pesach Rishon, not about Pesach Sheni. It says, "Ki korban Hashem lo means since he didn't bring the first Pesach and he didn't bring the first Pesach on purpose, Chetoi Yisa Yisha who he's going to have karet. That's the way that he's. That's what he said, right? Deha, right? So he says, "So korban Hashem lo yikivim moado." Barishon, that it's talking about, uh, that it's, uh, that he didn't, uh, that it, it, that it's all talking about the first Korban Pesach, right? So if that's your Haychet O so if he's saying there's only one Karet, according to Rabbi Natan, you only get Karet for violating the first Korban Pesach on purpose. You don't get it for the second one. So why does it say it twice? Right? Because it already said, It already said if he fails to do the Pesach for no good reason, meaning he neglects it, he deliberately neglects to do it, so then, he gets correct. So then why in the end does it have to say, It's just repeating itself then. What's the point of that then? The answer is that, that it's, he says the opposite of Rabbi. He says, Because he says that the Pasukah talks about Megadef, which is, which speaks about a person who is blaspheming against God. Okay. That pasuk that says, Venichrita over there, is not talking about someone who curses Hashem. It's just talking about somebody who praises Avodazora and sings to Avodazora. So it's not Mikaelelet Hashem. So therefore, we don't know what when it says, Ish, Ish, Kiyikaelel, Eloha, v'nasachet, or we don't know what that's really referring to. We don't actually know what that's referring to, then, because when it says oh, it's not the same as megadev. Megadev is just a person who's praising Avodah Zorah and being a you know, being a fan of Avodah Zarah. It's not somebody who curses God. Ish, ish ki it's a different thing. How do we know what Chet is? Ah, from here, because we say that uh, hacha, ma hacha karet afka, ha karet. In other words, this is exactly the opposite of what Rabbi does. Rabbi says megadev and mekalel et are the same thing. When it says a person's a blasphemer, and Bamidbar it says it in uh, in the um, uh, where, where it talks about the korbanot of the uh, of the tibur over there in uh, in Bamidbar towards and uh, uh, Sefer Bamidbar, when it talks about megadev, okay it says the words v'nechretah, and when it says mekalil elohav cursing God, it says chet'o he carries his sin. And he's saying those two are really the same case. So you see that carrying sin and being cut off, having karet, is the same thing. And so therefore here when it says chet'o yisah, with regard to the Korban Pesach, it's adding another karet for a person who purposely violates Pesach Sheni, who was obligated and purposely violates it. However, Rabbi Natan says, no, I disagree. There's only one karet, if a person purposely doesn't bring Pesach Rishon. Okay, so if that's the case, what about the fact that it says Chet'o Yisa Ishahu here? That's actually to teach you what Chet'o Yisa means about cursing God. Because I don't say that Megadif, the person who blasphemes, whatever that means, and Mikalil Elohab is the same thing. It's not. It says Megadef gets karet, and that's somebody who praises Avodah Zorah. It only says by Mikalil Elohab, someone who curses the true God, that, he, that he's going to carry his sin, but I don't know what that means, where do I learn what means? From here, from Pesach. That's why it has to mention it a second time so we can learn to teach us that the person who curses God gets karet. So the opposite of Rabbi. Rabbi said, from the fact that the guy who curses God gets karet, we learn that this means karet also and the second Pesach gets karet. Rabbi Natan says, no, 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 we don't know what, the, what carrying the sin is. How do we know what carrying the sin is? from Pesach Rishon here that it says it twice to emphasize that carrying the sin means karet and then we transfer that to Le Lohav. Okay? That, that's, so it's the opposite. Okay? Now, what about Rabbi Chananyah ben Akavya? So, Chadal lasot Pesach v'nichreta, e korban Hashem loyki b'moado. All right, so, so the basheni. In other words, what the the he says the whole thing is one entity. He failed to bring the korban Pesach v'nichreta. When does he get cut off? E korban If he failed to bring the korban in the second one. In other words, the whole question is why does it mention twice that the person didn't bring the korban? If the pshat of the Torah is that it's telling you that a person who didn't have an excuse and didn't do Pesach Rishon gets karet, why does it mention it twice? It says, And then it says, Why do you have to say it twice? Say it one time. We get it. If you didn't do the Korban Pesach Rishon, you get karet. So Rabbi says, no problem. It's two different things. You get karet for not doing the first one. And if you were obligated in the second one and you didn't do it, you get karet for that. Rebbe Natan says, "Really, you just get karet for the first one. The second one is just adding that flourish because it wants to teach you something else." Okay, but it's not—it's not for anything about the korban pesach. Rebbe Hananya ben Akaviyah says, "No, that it's necessary because it's telling you when do you get karet for not doing the first one. If ki korban hashem lo mo'ado, if you didn't do it on the second one, also." Then you get the karet only if you violate twice. Only two violations, two strikes leads to the karet. According to Rabbi Yehuda Neven Akavya, so he interprets the pasuk as referring to two different korbanot, like Rabbi, that's but saying logical. that the combination of the two is what gives you karet. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. But that's the but that's the way that they that they interpret the pasuk. And v'hai chato yisa may avidle. Why does he need the word chato yisa Then so kidamran, uh, like we said before, he will use it for the limud of uh, the, the same Limud that we saw before of, uh, of Rabbi Natan because he doesn't need it for the... Uh, uh, he doesn't need to, to mention the Karet twice, right? There's only one Karet according to him, not like Rabbi. There's only one Karet here. Right? So, uh, and the point is that the, the the karet on the first korban is contingent on that you also failed to do the second one. That's the way they interpret it. Now, it says like this. Therefore, as follows. If a person deliberately didn't bring korban Pesach Rishon, and also deliberately didn't bring korban Pesach Shini, for sure he gets karet according to everyone. Shagag accidentally missed both or was out of his control. Let's say he was Tameh on the first one and he was Tameh on the second one. So then he's not going to be liable at all. Let's say he purposely violated the first one. He purposely did not bring Korban Pesach on the first Kor- Pesach. He didn't want to do it. But by the time Pesach Sheni rolled around, he had uh, had a, a change of heart and he wanted to do it. But at the last minute, he messed up and he wasn't able to bring it. Right? So, According to Rabbi And Rabbi Nathan, the first korban is the one that gives you karet. It doesn't matter what you did on the second one. So since he purposely didn't bring the first one, even if the the fact that he didn't bring the second one was only by accident... That doesn't help. That doesn't That doesn't make a difference because he was already liable for karet for the first one. But the Rebbe ben Akavya, so, according to Rebbe Hananiah ben Akavya, that you have to be a deliberate violator twice to get karet, so he'll say you're exempt there because the second time you didn't do it on purpose. The second time was by accident or you were anus. Now, shagag barishon vezid basheni. If on the first Pesach, you failed to do it shagag. It was an accident or it was out of your control. But then the second one, you did on purpose. You decided to not do the Kurban, the Pesach Shini on purpose. So the Rabbi, according to Rabbi, you'll be liable. Because either one, either Pesach, carries karet with it, right? The Rabbi Natan, but according to Rabbi Natan, and Rabbi Hananab and you will be exempt. Because according to Rabbi Natan, you can only get karet from the first one. Second one is just an extra makeup day. It's not uh, it's just an extra makeup korban. It's it's not the same as the first one. So you won't be liable karet for that. And according to Rabbi Hanani Yab and Akavya, you have to violate both of them purposely in order to get karet. And so therefore, you will not be liable for karet if the first one was by accident, even though the second one you didn't bring uh, it deliberately. You decided not to do it. Okay, so that's the, uh, let's go a little bit further. So the Mishnah says, <laughs> Yeah, the is, According to the Rambam, the halakha goes according to Rebbe, but it's actually a big machlok at the Rishonim. The Rambam brings according to Rebbe is the halacha, Meaning that if a Katan Shehigdil ben Shnei Pesachim, he has to bring, or a, a Gershidit Ger bin Shnei Pesachim, they have to bring Korban Pesach, the sheni. But there's some that argue on it. to say, why? Why are you saying it's Rebbi? Why not, uh, why not uh, one of the other Tanaim? By the way, then it says, what's considered far? We'll see, we're going to see that's about, that's 15 mil from the, we'll see the exact distance that Gemara is going. This distance from Modi'im and to Jerusalem to every direction is a different. Is the is the distance. It doesn't matter how far you were, even if you just were right outside and you couldn't get into the Beit HaMikdash, if you didn't step into the, you were on the threshold of the Beit HaMikdash, you couldn't get in, that's enough. To be, uh, uh, to be considered derchrichoka. And very famous, Amar, it probably should say Amar lo because it's, it wouldn't have Amar lay in the Mishnah because it's Aramaic, right? It just should say Amar, I guess. Amar rabbi Yossi, lefichach kud al That's why on the word derchrichoka, there's a dot over the hay. To tell you, if you look in the Sefer Torah, it's there, right? Lo mipnei shirachok. Not because he's actually far away. It's just the fact that he didn't make it in. It doesn't matter whether it was, you know, the, there's no specific distance. If the bottom line is he didn't get in in time. It doesn't matter whether he was far away by a certain objective distance. Why are they are standing right there? They're going to go in. Why? It's not posel, it's patur. It's not posel. Meaning anyone who couldn't get there in time, it doesn't, even if they were right down the block, but they couldn't get there in time. That's uh, also called <laughs> It doesn't have to be that they were far away. You know, they couldn't get there in time. Okay. For whatever reason, they were caught in traffic. It's 15 mil, which is about a mile actually, right? Um, to, from right? So have yeah. Savarla kiha dam a rabachana amrabiochana. Kama malik i adam biyom ba bayom. How how much can a person walk in a day? Ah sa parsa'ot. He can walk four uh ten parsaot, which is actually the equivalent of forty mil. Okay? Me'alotha shahabadan it's a chama chameshit milin. He can walk five mil from dawn until sunrise. Mishkiat khamaavat tit kochavim also chameshet milin. That's also five mil from sunset to tete kochavim. Pashulat latin. You have 30 left. Khamiza mitafala palgadiyoma, khamiza palgadiyoma uta that you basically will have Thirty meal that you could walk in a day from sunrise to sunset. Okay, the other five meal you would walk between uh, dawn and sunrise and between sunset and say kochavim. But there's thirty meal you can walk. Now if you sp- now if you split that in half, so what happens? Right. So you're gonna have fifteen meal from from chatzot from midday until the end of the day, which is the only time that you can bring korban pesach. So meaning if at the beginning of the time of the korban pesach you were at the location of modi'im, this place is fifteen meal away. There's no way you're gonna be able to make it to the bet in time for the Korban Pesach if you were located at that place at Chatzot that day so then you'll automatically get the Pitur of der according to him but if you were closer than that and you could have made it in, in time he'll say you're not exempt from der because you have to try to hustle and get there in time okay about a mile okay Beshat okay Right? This is the position of Ullah, who says that anybody who cannot reach the Bet Magdash by the time of the Shkhita of the Korban is exempt. And since the Shkhita of the Korban can only be done until uh, Shkia, can only be done until, um, until uh, uh, sunset, you can't slaughter any korbanot after that. So therefore, if you can't get there by sunset, you're going to be exempt by derchahokah. Uh, right now, Amar Mor, the master said me. You said that you can walk from dawn to sunrise five mil. Where do you get that from? It says that the malachim were rushing Lot when the the dawn broke, meaning at at Alot shachar, when the time of the dawn, the the first light of dawn came, the malachim were rushing Lot to get out of Sedom. And it says that Lot came to Zohar right right as the sun rose. So that means that the time from when they left Zohar to when he came to Zohar was that period of time from Alot Shahar until sunrise, which we usually count as seventy-two minutes roughly, but Rabbi and we see that he said, that Rabbi Chanina said, I saw the space between Sedom and this place Tsar, and it's five mil. So that's how we know that it takes from dawn until sunrise. Five mil is the amount of space that you could walk, the amount of a distance that you could traverse in that time. The rest of the day could be 30 mil. And from chatzot to shkia, from midday until sunset, you can traverse uh, 50, 15 mil. So if a person at chatzot is 15 mil away from the Beit HaMikdash, that means that they're not going to be able to get there for the time of the shkita, and they're going to be exempt by Deir Chokah. According the- to Rabbi Akiva, though, I'm sorry, according to Rabbi Eliezer, uh, that's according to Rabbi Akiva. According to Rabbi Eliezer uh, and Rabbi Yossi, it doesn't matter where you are. It just matters where whether you're going to be able to make it to the to inside the Bet Midrash or not. So well, even I'm if there's there. traffic on the road, well, if there's, whatever, it doesn't matter f- the amount of distance. What matters is that you weren't there in time. Okay, it doesn't. It's not an actual objective distance. It's just a matter of not reaching there in time for whatever reason. You were going on Persian time. <laughs> you know, or like, uh, you know, like sometimes when you come into the uh, when you come to Jerusalem, you're especially nowadays, we have these digital watches that they sync with the satellites. One time I was, you know, like and Palestinian time and uh, Israeli time are sometimes different. So one time I had that my phone was telling me it was like an hour or it was an hour later than it actually was because it was, it was giving me the Palestinian time because I was in Jerusalem, I was picking up Palestinians. that was giving me, that was an hour later, I got to this place, I was supposed to speak at this, uh, se- this girl's seminary, at Eshel, you know, Eshel seminary, yeah, yeah. supposed to speak there, I showed up, I was an hour early, because my, my according to my watch, <laughs> it was an hour later, so I was, phone, like, your, yeah, right. look at my phone, yeah, according to my phone, <laughs>